Things just got really real in the Strictly Ballroom. We just eliminated our first contestant of 2016 in some strange and sad circumstances. Let's talk about what just happened. Episode 7 of the Keep Dancing podcast, where we think that now we've seen Ed Balls in a disco neckerchief gurning with a banjo, we might have seen everything. And it's still only week two. Not only are we having our eyes delighted by Ed Balls for at least one more week, we've got the spectacle of a D-mob happy Len dishing out the eights with Mary Abandon, Judge Rinder destabilising the space-time campness continuum by destroying the Strictly format from within, and most shockingly of all... A dance-off without a dance-off. I'm Ellie and I'm your host. And joining me tonight, we have... I'm Emily. I'm here. I'm Michelle. Hello. Hi there, I'm Lisa. I'm Dawn. Hi. Hello. So what was all that about then? Well, (laughs) what a week. So how about we go through all of the dances in the order they were performed and we will uh, basically just dish on what we saw. First up, dancing the cha-cha-cha, it's the health and safety-defying amateur firefighter, Oreo Duba, and his partner, Joanne. Who's up first? Um, I think they did very well. She followed the lens criticism of the having too much non-dancing shenanigans at the beginning, so she went straight into it, which was a lot better. And I think he did quite well this week, actually. I enjoyed the um, braceography uh, with the... the- switching of the braces during the chatter I, I thought it was very good i thought if you sure were going to like. i thought if we were going to faff about then a little bit of braceography for a couple of bars is about as you know it's as, innocuous it's as, as, it gets. as i want it to be yeah <laughs> i was worried that they might snap at some point and ping off or something while they were doing it yeah i that was something that i really liked as well that little bit with the braces um I wrote down, I thought it was a little stiff, but that's really picky for, for week two. Um, Rory just needs to chill a bit. I felt he was, I felt like he was more tense this week than he was week one. Um, but that's maybe because, you know, week two, there's a dance off and somebody goes home. Um, I also wrote down, could we, could we have pole dancing week? You know, we were speaking once about, um, you know, having different new new ideas and, and they had a fireman's pole i thought you know what we need pole dancing week that would be really fun i i think they did lean in a little bit too much towards the stripper theme though there was a fireman there was a fireman's pole and there was the notorious um stripper song it it was pretty much like half a breath from going full monty this was my problem with the theming it's it's neither really the full monty reference or even the slightly more up-to-date reference to matt damon dancing to hot stuff on mars in the martian it's neither of those. Also, hot stuff is about casual hookups, not actually things that are thermally hot. And so I think this is Joanne's mistake here. And I think that we should have more literally correct theming in Strictly Dancers. You wanted asbestos in the costume somewhere. Oh, no, I mean, like, I'm willing to go with some health and safety rules here. Uh, but if you're going to dance to hot stuff, it should be thermally hot. This is just more of your beef with Joanne, though, isn't it? I guess if you're going to go whimsy, you should you should really heavily dial in the whimsy rather than just 
going halfway. Yeah, half whimsy is no whimsy at all, really. No, I've got no beef with Joanne, though. You know, what, like her approach is different and it's still valid. I did like her dress, though. The flame sparkles were fab. I did run mm. a, an impromptu Twitter poll uh, during the live show as to whether as to whether flame detailing was hot or not, and I believe it came back sixty seven percent hot. So the public have spoken flame detailing in diamantes on all of your formal wear from now on. But then it did almost lead into a Hunger Games theme as well. So that was three movies that they were mashing up a little bit. That girl is on fire. In fact, <laughs> let's give Ori some credit. Because, oh, I've just broken Dawn already. Um, but, <laughs> because from starting out from not really feeling like I know who Ori is at all. I've already really warmed to him much more than some of the other contestants, which we'll get to later. And, you know, I could cheerfully watch Ori and Joanne messing about for most of the series now. I think I agree with that. Yeah, I, I, I'm really, really enjoying getting to know Ori. And like you, didn't have a clue really who he was before. And I'm looking forward to seeing him for a good few more weeks, I think, in Strictly. I think he's around to stay for a while and I'm very happy about that. I think he'll be around a while longer. And I think that's all of our comments on Ori and Joanne. Moving on. Dancing the waltz, it's the dynamic, kinetic, Olympic Claudia Fragapani and her partner, AJ. So I I, I read this was very, very sweet. Um, and I, I feel like I'm going to be writing that down every week for Claudia and AJ. Oh, that was a really sweet dance. Um, it was really sweet. Um, and one thing that Claudia definitely has, I think Darcy picked up on it, is great posture. In hold, when she's being spun around, she has great, great posture. She looks fabulous. And I think, yeah, there's going to be more and more and more great dances from those two. I'm enjoying the more modern waltz. I think it's really, really nice to see, uh, particularly with the costuming. This year, they seem to have really embraced the midi dress for all the uh, female contestants. I have to say that this was the first in a sequence of frocks where they made extraordinarily good use of an embroidered organza overlay. I think that's yes. an extremely sort of cost and time effective way of making really special dresses without hand detailing them all. It looks stunning and it's really current as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, maybe a contender for dress of the week. We'll see. Oh, no, I was just going to say that um, going back to her posture, I think she might be the first sports person I've seen who who has that posture. The rest are really stiff. And whether that's her background, uh, whether she is uh, more because her um, specialism is more from movement and for more how she holds her body and how she moves her body. So I think she's automatically got this become a strong contender because of her background and because she already knows how to use a body to effect. Whereas just, you can see some of the other sportsmen are just really, really stiff. Imagine what Claudia's core strength is like. Terrifying. <laughs> I really did like the um, the whole storyline that AJ had sort of put on with them, with the whole reference a bit to the Roman Juliet, but more like a West Side Story type theme of it. And I thought that was very sweet and a bit different. I thought that the the sort of the advanced gym movements that she put into it were a little bit more um, integrated this week 
the slide into that split step that looked really beautiful and really graceful and the only moment that was a little bit awkward for me was the stand was the assisted spin where she was with her back to him with her arms around his neck i thought that just that doesn't look comfortable even when you're doing it perfectly uh, but yeah. that was the only moment where i it, it sort of the spell broke for me but I thought this was a massive improvement on uh, last week. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Up next. Dancing the Jive, it's our beloved podcast mascot, Will Young, and his partner, Karen. Who wants to go first? I'm going first to get this out of the way, but I did not like it. <gasps> Why, Emily? Uh, there was a... His hands are flappy, and it really bothers me while I'm watching him dance. He flaps. And... I know the jive is a little bit flicky hands, but it was flappy, not flicky, and that's a problem for me. And also, because I do watch it with a very big eye on the um, costuming, he looked like he'd turned up in his training clothes, if I'd not seen that his training clothes are hot pants and braces anyway. I just wanted a bit more. You see, I thought it was really, really relatable. For me, it was... It was like the kind of jive you would hope to be able to just sort of casually knock out if you had been going to a jive class with your best buddy, Will. The kind of thing where it didn't actually look too much like a sort of a ta-da, look at me choreographed routine, but it looked like two people who enjoyed dancing the jive, dancing the jive together. And that's maybe not what you actually need in a competitive dance environment. That's not what I watch Strictly Come Dancing for, though. That's the thing. I want it to be polished. See, I, I thought it looked a bit like, you know, when you see it in a movie and they, they like a teen movie where they just get up and start having a full choreographed dance. It, it looked like two teens just having a bit of fun in, you know, at the 25 minute mark. A teen with a full beard? I don't know. In like the 50s and 60s, they had some odd fashions. I think not the hipster beard, though. Sorry. I don't know if that was around in the 50s. <laughs> no, but the goofy expression was... <laughs> Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, I wrote down, I thought it was a it was a good jive. It was a good quality piece of technical jiving. The footwork was there. The moves were there. It was um, a very good jive. Um, I did write down that he was um, a little bit flat footed. I have to say this whole this whole week, I, I feel like I might have been channeling my inner Craig Revel Hallward because as I was writing words down, then they would come to him and he would say exactly what I'd written down. I'm like, oh my gosh, I actually... Do you think the flat-footedness came out of him dancing in Converse rather than dance shoes, though? Because that, yeah. that's not, they're not good shoes for dancing in. No, not at all. They don't have any support in the arches of your foot. And I think that that, that probably... If he was going to be flat-footed anyway, that accentuated it and certainly didn't help it. Um, one thing I did write down there was I loved that Karen had those red trousers on. I thought that looked great. It was nice to see a jive done in the sort of capri pants style trousers of the 50s. I thought Karen looked fabulous. I think, yes, I agree. Karen looked fabulous. And I think, like a couple of points you've already said, the root cause of Will's issues is actually his wardrobe. I think the top and general outfit he was put in made him feel too casual, so he wasn't putting on enough of a, a formal showing of it. And then, like you said about the Converse, then it weren't the proper shoes, so he was a bit, a bit stomping. So he just didn't, I think, what you wear gives you the right attitude, and I think that was the root cause of his problems this week with his wardrobe. Also, his trousers were falling down. Yeah, I thought his arse was going to come out at one point. <laughs> 
<laughs> we can't yeah, do. We, we know that we are big fans of uh, Will Young's backside on this. Uh, podcast, we we so can't. <laughs> We can't do ten minutes of Will Young's bomb routine every yeah, we every week, especially not we when there's Greg to talk about later. No, there's another oh, yeah. one to come. I I did feel really bad about for him though during the judging because I I do think he did say that he was getting flashbacks from Pop Idol with Craig's comments. Although he then did say that it wasn't nearly as bad as Simon Cowell. And the misunderstanding where. Will was slightly hurt and then Tess basically called an ambulance right away because she didn't understand the like the inflection of his I'll be fine. Poor Tess. I feel like Tess really didn't get the jokes this week and I know quite often she doesn't seem like she gets the jokes but this week sent particularly. But I think that... I think she's too worried about what she's having to say next. Yeah, Tess doesn't like to go off script and if they'd already had an injury drama earlier on in the day, then as soon as somebody even looks slightly hurt, she is going to ring the alarm. Which is fair enough. Bless Tess. So, dancing the cha-cha-cha, it's, insert bird feather pun here, Leslie Joseph and her partner Anton. Perhaps, perhaps, perhaps that's one of the most interesting cha-cha-chas we'll ever see. Um... Yeah, I I wasn't convinced that there was actually much cha-cha-cha in it, if I'm being honest. It it was a lovely dance, but I, I either I wasn't watching the right channel or, I don't know, um, I didn't see many of the moves that you'd expect. I didn't see a typical cha-cha-cha movements. I didn't see any New Yorkers. Maybe they did some and I missed them. Um, oh, no, she violently attacked a New Yorker about halfway did through. Did she? Did she? I must have blinked and missed it. Um, I did write down that it was a bit ploddy, um, but I also wrote down Leslie has some fine pins. General consensus, Leslie's legs, wonderful. We may be constructing our own sort of perfect, perfect, strictly contestant here. Will Young's bum... Leslie Joseph's legs. <laughs> Who knows what we might have by the end of. Uh... <laughs> I agree. I'm not sure it was much of a cha-cha. I kept, I like uh, halfway or about a third of the way through. I thought, didn't they say she was doing a cha-cha? And I thought, I kept thinking, is this almost feels like a tango, even though it wasn't. Mm, kind of had a, a, a mood of a tango to it. And I thought, when they said at the end it was cha-cha, I was like, oh, I don't think it was. Um, but I think she she managed to move quite well. I was quite worried that she wasn't going to be able to keep up the pace with the Latin, but actually I think that she did quite well with that. Yeah, none of her movements were in any way underpowered. If anything, they were overpowered and she was giving it too much attack. The excess of attack did make it look quite sloppy in places. You can't deny it was entertaining, but whether or not it was the quality that we looked for is another matter. And the horror, the horror... Anton's trousers. Yeah, they weren't good, were they? No. See, I I thought they were a bit too close for it as well, because the cha-cha is almost supposed to be a, oh, you can have me, no, you can't, keeping that distance. And yet all through the show, and even afterwards, they were very much surgically attached to each other. I I don't know, I just got the feeling there's a bit too much physical contact. I think it was maybe not actually uh, intentional. I think that maybe some of her fringes had got stuck on his sequin trousers and they just <laughs> couldn't be untangled. <laughs> it's like Velcro, fringe to sequin. It sticks <laughs> and you can't separate it. I've got some black sequin trousers and they're some of the least comfortable garments I own. So, you know, 
a bravery medal to Anton for skills in trouser wearing there. So we have devolved into chat about sequins and beaded fringes. So I am assuming that we've thoroughly dissected all of the dance content from Anton and Leslie's cha-cha such as it was. Onwards and upwards. Dancing the tango, it's the frighteningly competitive Greg Rutherford and his partner Natalie. So this is going to be where we do our uh, 10 minutes of bum chat. We've had the final pronouncement on last week's major question of the podcast, where do you put your bum in a tango? Uh, because Len has officially spoken on the behalf of dancers, dancers and dance teachers everywhere. You, you tuck it right under. You tuck it under, even if you're Greg Rutherford. Tuck it under. You're chasing a bull around, of course you plunge your buttocks. I thought that was a Paso Doble. Yeah, Emily, yeah, no, you're no, not. No, there's, no, there's no bulls in the no. tango. Chasing a woman around, that's even scarier. Yeah, it was funny. I'm going with it. Um, I hated this whole routine. I hated what they were wearing. I hated the music choice. I hated everything about it. And I thought, I mean, they did it kind of okay, but I just, I didn't get the whole tango to the jump song thing i know they're referencing again what he does for a living but i thought we got that over and done with in the first week so i just didn't like it and the green looked horrible on him and her and it was just horrible no i disagree i loved that green i loved that dress on natalie i thought it was great i've got a star by her for my dress of the week so i i've got a few stars we'll see which one we end up with at the end but i thought that it looked great. I loved the colour of the dress. I thought it looked, I thought it was lovely to see a tango done in green because they're normally in sort of reds and blues and really, you know, colours like that. But I thought it was great. I, I liked the, I liked the routine. I thought it was a classic tango. It had everything you want from a tango. And I'm, I'm always aware that it's still only week two. Like it's not like they've been doing it for months and months and months. It's still only week two and they pulled out uh, you know, they pulled out two dances over last week and this week that both are very good, solid dances. So I thought they were great. I liked them. For me, there were two things about this one. And one was that I noticed when I was re-watching all of the dances that there was comparatively little in the way of production done for this dance. Like, a lot mm. of people got all sorts of fancy bits and pieces like hipster light bulbs or bathing huts or, you know, even just some nice lighting effects. And I don't even think that Greg and Natalie got a nice lighting effect. And the other thing was that the basic fault with Greg's posture just made even the fact that he was doing quite complicated steps quite well for week two, it sort of negated all of that just because you were just looking at this posture that just wasn't right the whole way through. I, I have to agree with Lisa. I do love a tango in green. Uh, and just, I love, I love a ginger in green. It's, it's a personal preference, but I like it. Um, do you not prefer on, on a, a ginger in a slightly more bottle green than a sort of a sports green? No, I like the sports green. I thought that was fabulous. Um, on a dancing point, I think, um, they did make a really good point when they were being judged. Greg's physique is built towards long jump and it must be so hard to tuck your bum in when your entire sport is about sticking your bum out and jumping. And so it's it's difficult. It did make the tango look strange and he certainly lost a kind of snap in his hips when they were doing the long runs. Um, but I, I did think for a week two dance, for someone whose entire physique is built around a very different type of movement, he did really well. 
and the terrifying competitiveness of him and Natalie is still exciting to watch, maybe. Um, genuinely, this was the one that I, I forgot as soon as I'd seen it. I, I agree with Michelle. There was just... Oh, and the fact that it didn't have any of that, of that jazzy production thing that I just wasn't really that interested in it. And I love the tango, so it just didn't hit the spot for me. Oh. Well, I mean, they're through to the next week. They've crossed the tango off. The next time you'll have to really worry about tucking his bum under is probably the week after next. And maybe they will sort his hips out soon. Well done, Greg. Dancing the Charleston, it's our beautiful friend from the East End, Tamika Empson, and her partner, Gorka. This is the first sort of training VT uh, bit that I will get into. And I thought that it was hilarious that they took Gorka to Brighton and made him pretend to enjoy it. The, the snap Twitter poll that I did during that VT was, did Gorka genuinely enjoy Brighton? Did he only enjoy the fish and chips? Or was he lying through his teeth? And the public, by a massive margin, decided he was lying through his teeth. So, you know, sometimes a comedy VT can pay dividends unintentionally but on to the dance who's going to get us started i loved this i wasn't sure i was quite nervous about it from watching her on it takes two earlier in the week that i thought oh she doesn't look like she's gonna crack it but actually she did really well i loved the whole theme of it i liked the outfit she's wearing i thought she was brilliant she's actually on my nomination for outfit of the week by the way um and I thought she did really well, actually, because I think she kept up with him really well. She got in all the little crucial little swivels and everything that I think she was meant to. And I think she comes across like she's really enjoying it, which sells the dance, I think. And I think, yeah, I really enjoyed this one. I have to admit, it sounds really bad, but I was amazed by how well she actually could move. And the fact she seems to have so much fun with it. And it does seem to be a little bit effortless with her. Her footwork is really good for second week and considering she was in flat pumps as well which you know goes a little bit way to arguing against the whole will young's wardrobe malfunction but i I just think she was brilliant even when she slipped up a little bit during the dance she just kept going and it just didn't phase her at all i think the flat pumps thing though the charleston's a lot up on your toes and so it's almost easy to dance that in flat pumps whereas will's jive you are hitting the flat of your foot more often so to dance flat footed in that in flat pumps it highlights it whereas because she was up doing her swivels it was a bit less noticeable I really enjoyed it yeah and no, I really enjoyed it too um, I wrote down a, you know a brilliant Charleston she's she's a natural dancer I don't know if she's ever really danced before I can't remember if what what she said about dancing before but I suspect not but i think she she has a natural musicality she's a great actress anyway i assume people tell people are saying that she's in eastenders you you have to be marginally good to be in eastenders um you know she, she she's a good actress and that comes across in the dances she can absolutely take on the the persona of the dance the character of the dance the music of the dance the way that the dance is is done she just i think she's great and i i noted as well that little mistake that she made she just got right up carried straight back on again like like you just didn't it didn't matter to her she she didn't hang on to that that's the mistake a lot of people make is you know when you when you do make a mistake 
you then hang on to it in your mind and then you keep making more and more and more. But she didn't do that. She instantly forgot it, got back onto the dance. She was great. And another of my, I have quite a lot of stars for outfit of the week this week. It's going to be hard to decide at the end, but yeah, she's on mine, mine as well. That Benny Hill run through the beach hut was so funny. It was brilliant. <laughs> well, her background is in sort of quite physical comedy. So it's not really a surprise that she does have that sort of, full limb control and the sort of natural sense of visual comedy uh, that it takes to uh, nail the Charleston. It was really nice to see the Chris Hollins Memorial swim step <laughs> resurface after its five-year retirement, I believe. But I think the thing with Tamika is, Tamika is all of us. If, you know, somehow there was a, a, a mistake in the in, in the invitations department and a, a random civilian got invited onto Strictly. Tamika is behaving as if we would behave on Strictly, just loving every second of it, thoroughly excited. I, I do like now that we are getting fans of the show participating in the show, they are sort of aware of the tropes of the show and aware of the big moments. And I think that does actually heighten it. Although I think it does sometimes irritate some of the people. I've, I've seen a little bit of negativity towards Tamika on Twitter. Well, Twitter's, you know, not, yeah. the... not the nicest place <laughs> in the world. Uh, sometimes, <laughs> sometimes there are just people who hate fun on Twitter. Yes. And Twitter's a great place to say things with whilst being hidden and no one really knows who you are. So, you know, twit Twitter is to be enjoyed and, uh, with a massive dose of salt as you go. Dancing the waltz, it's the totally unforgettable Laura Whitmore and her partner Giovanni. I don't, I will never forget her now. She was my favourite from Saturday night. I think they did the best actually out of everyone. Uh, that was my favourite routine. I loved the whole feel of it I think she did excellent and the kind of emotion thing that they managed to get across with it which you have to do in that type of dance was really good and she surprised me and I really enjoyed that and I now I have no concrete evidence for this but my first suspicion of romance in the series is Laura and Giovanni as as, as we're all supposed to think yes yeah, but it wasn't so much during the dance. It was the when they were stood talking to the judges afterwards and when they were up listening to the scores and just catching them in the background of everything. I thought, hmm, you seem a lot more touchy-feely, intimate than the other dance couples at this stage. So I don't know. That's my first guess of show romance for the series. <laughs> what kind of a first date is taking a walking up the outside of the O2, though? That was, was great. Have you, have you ever done that? No. Up at the O2. Oh, it's brilliant. Do it. Next time you're ever in London, go and do it. It's, it's brilliant. Do it on a clear day, not when it's chucking it down. But yeah, well, the O2. Nice is, dancer to take you up there. Yeah, you might just call call Giovanni and, and, and tell him you want to go up there with him as well. But it's great. Fabulous views of London from up there. I don't want Giovanni to get a terrible reputation for being easy. <laughs> he seems like a nice boy. He does seem like a nice boy. It's true. Laura's dress, I the dance. Laura's dress was very interesting. The ombre grey gaudets going into lemon yellow is something that I don't think I've seen before. And it didn't occur to me as being, you know, a thing. I, I can't recall seeing it anywhere before, but I thought it looked really nice on her. And um, yeah, a very good look for a blonde. Superb I... deployment of the gaudets there. I loved them. <laughs> I... 
I think the only place that we've seen that colour combination before is on uh, the grey wagtail, which is, you know, you, you get those up in, in Derbyshire. We get them less down here in the Cotswolds. Um, but yeah, that I as soon as I saw that dress, I thought, oh, she looks like a grey wagtail, which is a good thing. That's not a, not a criticism at all. They're fabulous birds. And Laura is a fabulous bird too. So good luck to her. Um, Do we need to now start matching up contestants as well? <laughs> I hope not. I really loved her dress. I loved the way it flowed, especially when they were doing this really sexy. They, she was it the way it wrapped around her as well when she was doing the spins. I absolutely loved it, and yes, she did. She did look a bit like a bird. Um, yeah, no, I have nothing else to say about that. I just thought it's my favorite, <laughs> my favorite dance. It was very accomplished. Um, I wanted to, to put a shout in here. We talk a lot about the dancing, obviously, and the costumes, obviously. I want to put a, a thing in here for the whoever designed the lighting for that routine. That routine was lit brilliantly. I think one of the best I've ever seen on Strictly. And uh, I it made me suddenly think, oh, I need to notice the lighting a bit more. We talk about the guys who roll on comedy props. Um, which Ellie's not a massive fan of, we know. Um, but yeah, the lighting is something I definitely am going to notice a lot more thanks to to that routine from Laura. So whoever designed that, if you ever listen to this, well done. Thank you. Yes, that it was the lighting in this one and another couple later on that made me notice how little fancy lighting that Greg and Natalie had got. The lighting on this was just really beautiful. It looked like they were just well, melting out of the floor. And they'd managed to somehow replicate a sort of a really beautiful summer night's moon. Really gorgeous. I, I wonder if the dancers, which maybe represent plot points in the overall drama of Strictly as a series, get that little bit of special attention. It might not even be that the producers know that they're doing it. Yeah, I think if it happens, it's probably not intentional, but... I would say there could be something in that unintentionally. Oh, but... Or maybe it's just, um, you know, when when you, the sort of the creative momentum is behind you, um, that's when people around you start coming up with good ideas. And if your dance and your theme really work well together, then that's going to prompt the lighting designer or the costume department to have a really good idea. And I think it's the dance and the theme and the music coming together really well that has been very key this week there have been some weird combinations but laura's waltz to if i ain't got you did actually it it worked it, it's a really hard thing to describe when a full performance works as a sort of an artistic whole rather than somebody is doing some dancing to a musical performance while lights occur in the background uh, but i think we can all tell when it's worked and when it hasn't worked even if it's not necessarily to our taste. I did get a message off a friend after that going, oh my goodness, I don't know if I'm just a bit tired. She's in the living house going, I burst into tears. And I think it had that emotional strength in it. And I think part of that is the interplay of the song and the staging and the dancing's been so beautiful all together at once. That's it, because it's not exactly a dancing competition like you see dance sport outside where they're all in the same ballroom and they're being just in the same conditions. It is essentially a performance and it is essentially a show dance. So they need to have all those elements together. 
And it can be the difference between a really polished looking dance and something that's really trashy, that if it doesn't come together, like one that, to me, one that comes next, didn't have that match up. But it is, if you see a good show on Broadway or in the West End, it has all those elements together. And that's what makes it... Well, that's what makes the show, actually. That make, what makes you want to watch it, as well as the bitchy judge comments. And it's what makes you vote. Me and Lisa spent two weeks having this exact same conversation, like, a dozen times a day in, at Eurovision. It, they, there is a certain character that a performance has when everything is working towards a whole. Definitely. We, we talked about we did. We talked about it a lot at, uh, at Eurovision. And the, the people at Eurovision that get the votes are the people who work everything together the lighting the outfits the song there in this case the dance and most importantly the camera and laura knew where the cameras were she worked the camera you're going to get votes it's the same thing at eurovision you work the camera you get votes it's the same thing on x factor pop idol no that's not on anymore what's the (laughs) other one the voice you know all those shows you work the camera learn how to work the camera reach into people's living rooms, they will pick up the phone and vote for you as these shows prove time and time and time again. Yeah, because you're not really trying to perform for the people in the audience in the studio with you because they're not really having any bearing on the outcome. So you've got to just pretend the whole audience is through that camera, which it is effectively. I think I said exactly that thing on a Eurovision podcast. I think I might have said (laughs) that on a Eurovision podcast (laughs) at some point as well. Well, it's good to know it applies to Strictly. I was going to say, I think it does. I think it applies to any show where anybody is voting for you, whatever whatever that might be. You know, we, we've seen shows come and go, Dancing on Ice, you know, all these shows. I think it applies across the board. If people are voting for you, you need to connect with them. And the only way you can do that is down the camera lens. So you have to learn how to work the camera. From one performance that worked as a total artistic whole to another one which might have had a couple of mismatched pieces. Dancing the Tango... It's loud-trousered hotelier, Melvin O'Doom, and his partner, Jeanette. Poor Melvin. I mean, as soon as you work out that you're going to be dancing a tango to M people dressed as a hotelier for no specific reason, you know your days are numbered. I'm really disappointed about this. I think he was really badly served in both the, the theming of the dance, the hotel thing was out of nowhere and there was no need for it. The song didn't strike me as a tango track at all. It's a brilliant, I mean, I love moving on up, it's brilliant, but for the tango, it's such a shame because he didn't dance it badly. It was just so disjointed as a, as a theme. It, it's at the actual opposite end of the scale from what we just discussed with Laura's dance. Yeah, like you said, it wasn't particularly bad. I mean, he had a lot of the the moves. It's just because the song was so mismatched, it isn't a tango song. I didn't think it had the right beat. There was just something that it clashed, that you felt like you were watching it with the wrong audio, which you basically were. And it goes back to that whole performance. You know when something doesn't fit the theme and it just that dissonance just makes your head hurt a bit. And coming after, directly after, one of the, the most sort of holistic performances that we'd had, I think that made that one look even worse. And that is the, a thing that the producers did, because they select the running order. I think 
um, somewhere in the behind the scenes Strictly handbook, they should put in capital letters, if in doubt when it comes to tango, do traditional music, because we know it looks good with a traditional track, that's the whole point, and choosing something so disconnected, lost it. There seems to be a bit of a thing going on this year, hopefully it will stop now, of trying to do tangos to more upbeat music. It's happened last week and this week now for a couple of different people, Kent, uh, cite the Greg situation earlier, that I just, it just doesn't work. And they're trying to like squeeze it into it and it doesn't work. I had Melvin down even before the results show as the worst dance of the night for me personally. And I was worried for him because I think he's got, he had better potential to do better than he was able to. And I'm wondering whether either Jeanette didn't see it and that maybe there was too much thrown in to try and compensate with what she thought was a lack of ability. Um, but yeah, he was just mismanaged. I had written down that I felt that his posture was really bad. I felt he was very hunched over and you have to be very kind of, straight up i you know i don't want to sound like darcy and start talking about top lines because she does that on almost every every judge's comment she does she talks pretend about top you line, have a actually... beautiful necklace darling yes exactly well i did feel like he did need to pretend that he had a beautiful necklace on because i thought he was quite hunched over and i i wrote down it was okay but it was nothing special um and it probably was was you know on the bottom of my list of dances for the night um unfortunately how much mm-hmm. of that poor posture came out of his own awareness, his own potential awareness of mismatch of the song and, and, and the theming? You know that they're, they're not unaware of these things, and I just wonder if he was feeling it and and came up in the shoulders to match. Just one yeah, minute, I think yeah. you're. I think you're right. Okay, we'll discuss the results show at the end, so we will move on. Dancing the Viennese Waltz. It's the eternally fabulous Louise Redknapp and her partner, Kevin. This was another one of the routines this week which got the full production treatment. It got um, all kinds of uh, camera work which wasn't just pointing a camera at them in a sort of a full length two shot. It got hipster light bulbs and it got a song that I'm considering having banned from reality television <laughs> because I've got the power. What did you all think? I think you're right about it having the full production clout of Strictly there. It felt almost like the uh, emotional high point, not high point, but emotional um, climax of a of a West End show almost. I, I felt like it was bordering on Blood Brothers um, kind of emotion levels. Perhaps it was just my my reading of it, but um, it looked beautiful and it was very, very modern and I really enjoyed the different more balletic um, Viennese waltz there. But I, I, I must say Hallelujah can be wielded uh, a little more lightly in future. I do agree. I wrote down, I thought that was beautifully sung. I really noticed the the singer. I thought, I don't know which of the which of the girls did it, but I thought it was beautifully sung. Again, I've got a great set written down. I put down Louise is very controlled in her dance, which you would expect from an Italia Conti 
um, you know, you would expect that from someone who's who's trained and learned how to dance to, to be able to control themselves. Uh, my I, my query again is on what she was wearing. I wonder if Louise has a kind of funny thing with like her stomach or something because she always has something quite baggy on top, and that again, that just needed to be tucked in. That all that baggy stuff on the top did not do anything to to make her look better. But she looks fabulous anyway, so it doesn't really matter. But like somebody needs to sort Louise's wardrobe out. Who, sh- who shall I call? <laughs> the 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 dance itself was almost boringly good, and the thing that really, really, really frustrated me about the dress with the gorgeous embroidered overlay on the skirt was that you could see that there was a fitted sparkly bodice on underneath the fringing. And the fringing looked like it had still got the really big, thick bandage selvage on it across the top of the bust. It looked like it had been tacked on at the last minute. I think that costume might be annoyed with her because, you know, you wouldn't do a last minute cover up like that unless somebody had thrown a strop about something. It's possible to have a fringe covered bodice and make it look really sleek and really sexy. There's a lingerie label called Made by Nikki, which is all sort of beautiful fringed bodices and skirts, which I think was the effect that they were sort of half-heartedly going for. If it's about the belly, then that's what power mesh is for. And we can do that. If it's about modesty, she should look at what Jeanette wore, which it, she was totally covered from neck to wrist to belly. And she looked totally, F- fox. totally foxy, very glam, really mm-hmm. stylish. And if it's the neckline, then the dresses that they're making for Claudia show that they are capable of doing a scoop neckline rather than a plunge. I honestly mm-hmm. don't know what the problem is. No, I, I can't figure out what the problem is with Louise and wardrobe. We will have to we will have to sort of read between the lines when Vicky Gill is on it takes two next. Definitely. You're getting but, to know my feelings about fringing. But I do I did really um, forget the top half. The bottom half of that dress. The fringing with the um beautiful um chiffony embroidered overlay was just magnificent and I adored how it mo- it was moving and it, it set that the whole look of the dance off beautifully i was just thinking it's really strange how we spent a lot more time talking about the dress which was weird because i don't know it's something about the viennese waltz where where it's there's not a lot you can actually do with it and in the end it's either are you smooth or do you look like a tin soldier being shoved around in circles so maybe Maybe the dress was to make it stick out a little bit more. It wasn't even it wasn't even the whole dress. The only bum note in that whole totally slick production was the top half of the dress and that's why it sticks out <laughs> so much because everything else was mm. basically perfect. <laughs> I think um the costume distracts from the fact it was a solid, very good dance and I'm mm. waiting for Louise to get a bit more interesting. She's too good too early. Yeah, it's just think, is she gonna? I think I worry that she might be peaking, and she might actually be one of these people that gets worse as it gets harder. You know, we're definitely gonna have a surprise good person leaving in a dance off this year, and maybe if Louise doesn't warm, if if we don't all warm to her, and we don't all see that there's a story, then maybe Louise might be a victim of one of these really dramatic good person goes home dance offs. She hasn't done a full Latin yet. She did the jive, but it's not 
it's not the same as doing the Latins yet. So do we need to wait and see what her Latin looks like before we decide on her? Ooh, maybe. Is she one of those that leans more towards the ballroom rather than the Latin then? So she's really good at ballroom and shocking when it comes to the tango. Well, I do if she, wonder. If she's worried about the nation finding out that she's got a waist, then she's not going to be able to fully commit to a rumba, is she? <laughs> yeah, she's going to suffer on rumba week, isn't she, if that's the case. <laughs> I'm tempted to watch that programme she does on Sundays, which I'd never normally watch, to see what she wears on there, to see if she tries to cover up that part of her body then. Like, Because if she does, then it's a her issue, isn't it, rather than a, something the Strictly people are doing to her. Mm. Dancing the salsa, it's the most enthusiastic woman in the world, Anastasia and her partner Brandon. This just had a feeling of just like a slow rolling tragedy. When when she danced on Saturday and we didn't know what the nature of her injury was, I was looking at that dance going, what what is the thing that she's not doing? Yeah. Like, which bit is mm. she not moving? And I thought that Brendan was still throwing her around pretty hard, even though she was supposed to be injured. And then when we find out what we find out in the results show, the whole thing, I don't know that she should have been dancing. Um, no. But she was, she's so thoroughly committed to this that she, even in agony, was giving it the full filthy bump and grind <laughs> Which the Twitter poll that I did for Anastasia's dance was, will Anastasia manage to make every dance she does rude? And the overwhelming <laughs> oh, overwhelming answer was, yes, even the Viennese waltz. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's an interesting point, isn't it, the Viennese waltz? Because we seen Anastasia do a cha-cha-cha last week and a salsa this week. We haven't seen her do ballroom. How she got away with not doing ballroom? I was like, that, that's weird to have two Latins on the two weeks where you're supposed to be introducing a the Latin. two different types of dance. I thought that they were it's maybe... Brendan. Uh, yeah, it's Brendan. It's One, it's <laughs> Brendan, and two, I thought that maybe they were doing a random draw, but I thought the random draw was for whether you did Latin or ballroom first with you making up the other half of it the other way. But it seems like now right. there are basically no rules. Yeah, there seemed to be no pattern to the to the way that people were doing dances. I was really gutted for her. I was genuinely gutted for her. You could see in the, the results show she was devastated when it came to that and you could see she was in genuine pain. I've not written a lot down about it because I, I almost feel like I, she was injured. She was quite clearly not okay to be dancing. It, I think um, they were a bit, by being a bit obscure and vague about what her injury was throughout the intro to the and the judging comment and the scoring bit i think it kind of led the public astray as to what was wrong with her was it just a, a an ankle thing or a wrist thing or what was wrong with her because it wasn't completely evident there was no strapping there was no particular bit of her body she wasn't moving and it wasn't till after the results have come out that they then said what injury she'd had and i thought i think if people had known that beforehand they might be a bit more sympathetic to her because at this stage they didn't know what sort of injury it was and they just looked like, oh, well, she kind of looked like she was carrying on as normal, but just not as well. So I think if they'd been more specific about that, then that would have, people would have given her more allowance. Yeah. But she, she is, still did. She tried really hard. She is a bloody trooper. Go Anastasia. Dancing the Charleston, 
It's incredibly serious ex-politician Ed Balls and his partner Katya. Well, who wants to... <laughs> He's just given up, hasn't he? No! No! No, no, no this was ten times better than my wildest expectations could have been. I honestly thought he was going to just carry on doing some sort of dad dance and it was just going to be shocking because, oh my God, they're having to make him move quickly. And, I mean, the outfit was questionable, but <laughs> but actually he kept pace. He did, he got all the little technique feats with all moves in. He actually had some good facial expressions and I think actually he did better than I was expecting. Yeah, that was that was what I thought too. And the the mini poll during Ed's dance was Ed is not going home this week, and <laughs> all three answers were basically nah. He's not like he, we're stuck with Ed for a few more weeks yet because it turns out that he can put moves together in an order and perform them, and it's that thing. Strictly loves a trier. Strictly loves a Charleston. Strictly loves a trier doing a Charleston and possibly sacrificing a bit of their dignity as well. The British public do love to see a politician sacrificing their dignity. It's just one of those things. Um, I thought he dances slightly better than I was expecting. Um, I, I was probably on the full, full scale of horror at him doing it um, before this. Uh, other than him going into a little bit funky chicken arms, which I know there was that slight barnyard theme, but I feel like he did get a little bit flappy with his Charleston. He did quite well. Yeah, I mean, it is basically just a series of, um, you know, amusing gifts one after the other. But that's that's all we wanted. No, I I wrote down on this dance, wow. First of all, it made me smile. And it takes a lot to make me smile sitting, sitting on my own watching TV. I actually was smiling. I don't think that Ed Paul's lost any of his dignity here. I can't even believe that I'm saying these words, actually. But <laughs> I don't think he lost any of his dignity. I thought that was a perfectly good Charleston. Um, his timing was very good. He kept pace. He hit the marks that he was supposed to hit. He has a natural musicality about him. He understands the music. He got what the music was trying to do. I actually think, okay, it wasn't as good quality as, say, Louise or Laura, those big productions, but actually everything fitted. The costume, the setting, the camera work, the dance, the music, it all fitted. So it, it, it ticked all the boxes that we say we wanted to tick. Okay, Ed needs to, you know his dancing is not as good as some of the others but it's not anywhere near as bad as we all thought it was going to be and i am really really pleased that ed wasn't in the bottom two this week because he didn't deserve to be so i i think he was absolutely right that that he that he made it through to next week i can't still can't believe i've just said all those words but hey <laughs> i feel like there's been a general uh, improvement in the quality of the dancers. I think they've moved away from having the um, statutory cringe candidate um, that they've had in previous years. I, I do. They have actually scaled back the um, the soft intros to the dancers with all the props. There are still props around, but then they're, they're not. There were summer dancers early on 
last year where it was every single dance in a week and it it ruined it well ed and catcher were actually incorporating the banjo moves into the dance it wasn't putting off the start of the dance for 30 seconds by messing about with like a bike or a trolley or a plastic horse uh or but they were actually incorporating the silly props into the routine from the very start and you know that's just about excusable yeah the leg banjo made me laugh yeah a nice cheesy leg banjo yeah so we have a new word then don't we banjography banjography (laughs) don't banjography (laughs) (laughs) don't sing the cha-cha-cha it's the super stylish queen of breakfast, Naga Manchetti, and her partner, Pasha. Just so stunning, Naga looked in her full Tina Turner homage get-up. Just, I didn't recognise her for a couple of seconds when she was stood at the back with the, with the wig on, even though we'd seen the gold dress in It Takes Two, and I knew that that was what she was going to be wearing. There was just that moment of, but Naga... You're beautiful. (laughs) So that was fringe done right. It took me quite a long time, more than two minutes, to realise it was Naga stood at the back, spangling um, wonderfully. She she looked magnificent. I'm not sure she felt entirely comfortable with the cha-cha. She she seemed to be holding back a little bit. She was a little bit um, the wrong sort of spiky. Um, But I think... The, the the general love for Naga has increased massively by everybody and she, she's not going home yet. She got all three of my vo- votes and she's got <laughs> quite a sort of an intense following of people who basically feel like they have breakfast with her every morning and some of them are a bit weird. So I think that Naga does actually have more of a built-in fan base than you might expect. A little I bit think like that's... Katie Derham last year, you know, everyone was like, Katie Derham, Radio 3, whatever. Suddenly we discovered that, you know, half the country's listening to Radio 3 and loves Katie Derham. We never knew that before. We've kind of discovered that half the country's watching BBC Breakfast and we never we never quite knew that she, you know, that it garnered that kind of fan base. Um, I put down on the dance that I thought it was a little bit stompy. She definitely wasn't as comfortable in this as she was last week. Um and I also wrote, wrote down, can we just award Dress of the Week every week to Naga? Probably not. <laughs> How about we have Naga's Dress of the Week and then Dress of the Dr- Week? <laughs> yeah, that's true. I'll tell you what Naga does win this week, though, Wig of the Week. If we had a Wig of the Week category, she's got it. <laughs> I think she needs to learn to move her hips. Uh, there was one almost cringy bit where um, Hasha was holding her hips, swiveling her back and forth across the middle of the dance floor he physically looked like he was moving her hips for her she just yeah i think i think she just needs she hasn't made the connection on the hips yet i think he was moving her hips for her i think he was steering <laughs> yes i think yeah. you're right <laughs> i hope she gets a nice safe ballroom next week oh but she had such sass with it i do i do look, love a bit of sass in the cha-cha even if she wasn't entirely comfortable, she had that she had that look on her face when she takes on the politicians in the newsroom. She's just like, I loved her. She did have the right feel for the dance, didn't she? That kind of, 
I'm not that bothered about you, actually, but I have a little dance with you, but I'm not that bothered about you. And that kind of worked well. It was just a shame that she lacked the uh, necessary wiggle. If I was the kind of person who went, yes, slay queen uh, to people who were being particularly fierce, then she would have got the full gamut of, you know, RuPaul Drag Race gifts from me. Dancing the American smooth. It's the 100% postmodern fourth wall breaking Judge Rinder <laughs> and his partner Oksana. He's going to destroy Strictly from within. He's a sleeper agent from ITV. <laughs> Channel 4, surely. He is quite good, isn't he? Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, I think he's going to be in it a while. <laughs> so, in this dance, he was not just. Uh, not just taking the mickey out of Strictly, but he was mocking the entire concept of heterosexuality. <laughs> oh, I thought it was amazing. I, I love the fact, and Len said it, when he was in the hold, he was classy dancer. When he was out of the hold, he was made of rubber and the leftover parts from Anton. Just... <laughs> oh, he's so good. I, I do like it. This new idea of having a funny one who can also really dance. Yes. Yes. However, can I bandage his gob shut? <laughs> yeah. Oh. No, I quite, I, I, I quite like the big over-expressive smile and big over-expressive eyes. I, I just have it. I, I wrote down. I wish it was Britain's Got Talent and I had a golden buzzer to get him to the final. I would just press that right now. Send him to the final. And we'll see him. Well, we'll see him in a few weeks' time. That was the... I'll be interested to see if he can do when he has to do a tango at some point. He has to do a serious face. Yeah, or pass a doble. I'm when pretty sure leader, that you will do that. It will be the most serious, serious face that you've ever seen. It will be overly serious. Like he's overly happy. He just does everything to the. There's no middle ground. It's everything is at the far end of every spectrum, and I adore that about him. He's also, one thing to note about him, he is ridiculously strong. He can yeah. pick Oksana up and throw her around like she is a feather. He is very strong, very fit. In both sense, no. In one no. sense of the word. No, I no, check myself. No. no. He's very fit, physically fit. He's, he's, he's got it. I love him. I absolutely love him. He's definitely fast becoming one of my favourites. Sorry, I, I do love the fact he, he had this whole pink fluffy persona and then you're right and then he just boom, picked her up, flung her about and it's just like pink and fluffy, he-man underneath. The thing that I really like is how much Oksana is going with it and we shouldn't be surprised because Oksana is Ukrainian and that is the nation that gave us Verka Sadochka gave us the, the canonical man in the hamster wheel. This is nothing unusual to her. This is fine. No, Ukraine, Ukraine is an interesting place, isn't it? I'm very much looking forward to going there for Eurovision next year. It's, it, if, if what we've seen of it from Oksana is anything to go by, it's going to be fabulous. It's going to be a blast. I want to say in a obligatory, um, amazing well dones to the um, people that do the hair and makeup. Oksana's hair was magnificent, and I say that as a, a regular beehive wearer myself. I want that hair. It was it was the beautiful little ice cream flick in the front of the massive beehive. How many cans of Elnet died for that beehive, do you think? <laughs> Quite a lot. There's actually a national shortage of Elnet now. Have have we all explained our devotion to Judge Render? I think we have. <laughs> I think. Can we... I, let me have... Let me have 
have one more say on that. All right. Why why are we still calling him Judge Rinder when because that kind of is the character he plays and his name's Robert. Because because I this, people would call him Robert. Robert. Because it's the character that he plays that's competing in Strictly. The thing is, he's not actually a judge in any sense of the word. He's a QC. He just plays a, well, a judge on, um, like, a small claims court, which isn't really a judge. He, no. he doesn't look like a Rob. No, but he's a Robert. Yeah. That's fine. Okay. Is, Rind- is Rinder his last name, though? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's not all a tissue of lies. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> oh, he is real. He is real. He's more real oh. than Strictly. And, and the universe from, is a marvellous place because of it. <laughs> and from the VT ahead of it, oh my gosh, how much you love his grandparents. His granddad's oh. gorgeous. Oh my goodness. I can't I wait to meet it. more of Robert's family as time goes on. Me too. Now we're all rendered out. Dancing the cha-cha-cha, it's Strictly's top model, Daisy Lowe and her partner, Aliash. <sighs> I mean, you can you can be hypnotized by legs. Yeah. And I think yeah. that there was so much leg hypnotism going on that I think a lot of people didn't realize that this wasn't actually a very good cha-cha. It was very sort of small and cute, which I, I didn't think it was quite right. I really didn't like the costuming. I felt that um, it would... It, sauntered too far down that um sexy halloween costume route it it made me just immediately start picking the dance to bits and that that's what the costuming does sometimes isn't it um yeah what are they what what are they trying to get us to not look at yeah they confused me because i thought looking at it and listening to the song oh they should be doing a jive but they weren't and so it just confused the whole situation i think oh do you think maybe they wanted a jive there was only one jive this week. Was so there a mix-up or so they had to change something? Because the outfits and the music were all to do with jive. I don't think yeah. I don't think Forget yeah. You is actually fast enough for a jive. They would have to do a sort of a, a, a slightly faster, funkier version to allow... Maybe. Yeah. But, I mean, but we she had... She was just very languid in all her movements, wasn't she? she was, everything was slow. There was no finishing and pointing or anything. It was all very... Language. It was the Sophie Alex- Ellis Bexter, but without the Sophie. <laughs> I think it is fair to say, though, Daisy is the best model we've ever had on Strictly Come Dancing. Yeah. If we're going on yeah. a long, 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 long way. I'm, I'm just I, her legs. Her legs just go on forever. There, there is no end to the legs. Is the only thing I think while watching it. Yeah, she, it was fine, and she got an unnecessarily um, positive judging. I think. Um, with the exception of Len and his um, annual illegal lift warning. Oh, <laughs> you called that. You called that like on the second dance. Basically, as soon as Claudia and AJ did the dance, uh, did their weird move, you were straight on it. Going, there'll be another illegal lift later, so that Len can do his annual warning. And ta-da! If they make them put them in, I spotted it when Claudia got lifted down from the balcony. Because that was an unnatural move for that dance anyway, and yeah, but I, I didn't like it. But and I thought it was a shame that they they costume went the route it did. Um, but it was fine. It was just she seems to be getting a really positive review when 
a generally good one would be better. I will say, if they're keeping Daisy in, you know, because she can do the tour and she's, you know, she's she's a perfectly serviceable dancer, you know, there's nothing wrong with her. I'm very pleased about that because that means we get to keep Ali Ash, so I'm very happy. <laughs> yes, yes. Everybody likes to have Ali Ash around. Yes. So we don't want Daisy to go home because mm-hmm. then we lose Ali Ash. But it's really interesting that we've been having these discussions about the productions of it and the combinations. And yet this is one that seemed to clash a bit and yet scored really highly and didn't seem to score quite highly with the public as well. So they must there must be something there more than the fact that they think she can go on tour that, that you think she'd um, make a good match there. She They must see something. They must see something in her dancing and the judges must see some potential there. Can that well, many people do. fancy Aliash? <laughs> it's possible. Um, it or Daisy. Even. On her part? Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't, we don't know, do we, how well she did with the public? I mean, she might have been third off the bottom, but that's because they give it out in a random order. Or do we know that? Um, we, only splits, know, yeah. we only know that um, the people who were in the bottom two out were outscored by the people who were they were lower in the ch- in the table then so we can't make any inferences really about what vote daisy got yeah but it so she could... may well not have scored as well with the public it, it's the judges that are pushing yeah. her up it's possible that she's not in the top 10 i think yeah yeah but that's on no information really <laughs> Dancing the Viennese Waltz. It's that guy you'll be seeing in a musical next year, Danny Mac and his partner Oti. This was very good, wasn't it? Oh my god. Yes. <laughs> I think I said it last week. He is too good, really. It's it's irritating, um, this early on. However, he's a beautiful dancer. Um and the partnership with Oti is perfect. Oti's magnificent. I loved her sparkly weekend bag. That is one of my main notes there. That's, well, you know, um, I really liked the um, meeting of superb song and dance, the Viennese Waltz to the Never Tear Us Apart, was beautiful. It was well sung by the band. I, it was wonderful. I loved it. Yeah, they got it perfect, right down to the undone bow tie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he's so good now that I think they're going to have to start fabricating some sort of struggle for him to kind of keep the public engaged with his, what they like to call journey um, because he's too good too early and people might just get a bit bored of him, but he did do really well. Oti looked beautiful. I love the outfit of hers and I'm really glad that she's got a good one this year and he seems to be doing all right. There was one move that they did uh, just at the start of the saxophone solo where he grabbed hold of her foot and then she extended herself out in a sort of a plank on one leg. Like, I don't know how that worked. I've got a gift. The girl is made of steel. Yeah, her core strength. Wow. It was beautiful as well. Really beautiful. That was, that was definitely the best dance move, I think of the night actually that was that was the a great moment and i'm glad it came in the last dance because i'm not sure that anybody could have could have really gone after them if i'm being honest you know i had one little point that that i i had written down and then i think craig said it again as i said i was channeling my inner craig when he's traveling across the floor he's a little bit skippy a little bit bouncy uh, uh, you know that's 
again, you know, this is something we should be picking up in week nine, not in week two. But because he is so ridiculously perfect, I'm picking it up now. He is a little bit bouncy and skippy on on the travelling. He just needs to centre it a little bit more. But, you know, good grief. That's a, a silly point to pick up, but I have to pick up on something. But, yeah, this was another one where they had everything coming together perfectly um it made it it just it did actually finish the show in this really beautiful way there was a a miniature drama in it it was glamorous it sort of it felt quite epic it did actually feel like there was a lot more going on within it than in a lot of the other dancers oti for life whoever she's dancing with (laughs) I think it's interesting if you look up, I mean, the other Viennese waltz we had, of course, was Louise and Kevin, and they both scored 32 um, with the judges. Um, I'm I'm pretty sure that one was better than the other. Hmm, which one? Danny and Oti. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. We're definitely <laughs> a couple of points better, really, than Louise and Kevin. Yeah. Honestly, I, I don't know where he's come from. When I first saw him... I well, when I first saw his first routine, I was there trying to figure out who was the professional. It actually took me a second to realise because he already had the hip movement and just thought that fluidity. He he knows what he's doing, and it's not fair. Yeah, and like you said, I think he he is he's, he's a bit too good too early that I'm not sure where he's going to go other than being the staple of the show that everybody's going to gush over. My what? concern is he's going to get. Forgot, not forgotten about, but not voted for because everyone will assume that he's a sure thing. And you know how that storyline goes? That storyline goes yeah. to week six in the dance-off, crisis of confidence, rebuild confidence wins. Yeah. Yeah, yeah see, there you go. Fabric- fabricating the struggle. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> well, you don't even really need to fabricate it if people are sort of going to forget about him and not vote for him because he's too good. Yeah. And then yeah, okay. like, it, that story happens naturally. Okay, so we've spoken about all of the dances that we saw on Saturday night. Now it's time to start dissecting the most dramatic results show I think I've ever seen. And also one of the strangest. So we have a bottom two, Melvin and Anastasia. But in the intro to the results show, we found out what the nature of Anastasia's injury was. Very much not during the actual Saturday live show. So this is after anybody could do anything about it once they know what the nature of Anastasia's injury is. And the nature of the injury is that she'd torn the scar tissue on her mastectomy scar. And I don't know, I think it's possible that she should not have danced on the Saturday Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think I think it's early enough in the run. Obviously, this is week two that actually they, they could have taken her out, given her the free pass for next week, and then run the show this week with the fourteen. Done the dance off, got rid of the whichever couple it would have been. I suspect it probably still would have been Melvin and Jeanette, but you know, ifs and buts, whatever. And then brought Anastasia back in this week, uh, next week. Sorry, um, 
it, it would be harder to do that when you're up to sort of, you know, only four or five left. But there's still 15 dancers. She could have got the free pass into next week and nobody really would have questioned it. Yeah, they wouldn't even really have had to make any effort to pad the show out. We've seen it happen in previous series where that where a professional or a celebrity have got injured and they've had to give them a buy into the next week. There's also maybe the worry on her mind that it it might sound like she's playing on it a bit. I know nobody would actually consider it, but there there might just be that pride thing. But considering it it mm. in that area, it's so hard to hold your body with an injury in that area with with that degree it's so hard to hold your p- body in that position i am really surprised that they let her get on go on i've just i googled it just before we started recording and already people are going down the oh she's playing on it route oh yeah. someone's accusing her of cheating essentially and it's despicable you you would think that people would have a bit more empathy it is a genuinely, I mean, it's a genuinely traumatic scar to have in the first place. But that's what, if she's going to injure that as well, that is, that is, mm. I don't even have words for how hard that is and how difficult that is. So if people are going to accuse her of playing on it, it is, it is disgusting. I'm quite surprised at the general public kind of getting her into the bottom two, whether they knew the nature of the injury or not, because quite often quite a sympathetic nation I like to think and that people wouldn't get penalized just because they've had an injury and I don't think there was a lot of sometimes there can be a bit of playing on it and I don't think she did that at all and I'm quite surprised that this early on that they kind of went for someone as such for having an injury yeah I I think this probably confirms a little bit what we said before about Twitter and how you can say whatever you like on Twitter um, about whoever you like uh, from a pretty sheltered uh, position. Um, so, you know, as soon as anything happens, people will just jump on it and be, be mean and nasty because, you know, there are certain social networking sites that give you carte blanche to do that. I, I think, I mean, it's hard to say, isn't it? Again, this sort of ifs and buts, but... I potentially think that she probably would have been in the bottom two anyway, because I don't know. I I didn't like her salsa with with or without injury, and I'm I'm also keenly aware that I'm not a massive fan of Brendan, so I, I tend to be quite harsh on his partners because I I am not uh, his his biggest fan. So I I. That may be my own personal sort of opinion coming into it, but um, right or wrongly in, in in the bottom two, it, it is what it is. Um, and she did get her pass into next week, um, but maybe not in the most, in, in maybe not in the best way that it could have been done. No. The thing that struck me um, at the end of the show when they all went in for the, you know, the post-elimination hugs, and also those bits where they were talking to the celebs and the pros after the credits, it struck me how genuinely sad everybody was and genuinely concerned that, you know, this definitely wasn't business as usual. They They were feeling for their friend and their colleague and they were, everybody was aware, and I think it might have even been Will who said it, that there were there was not a good way to resolve this. 
either way, it's seen as being unfair to somebody, um, especially even if under medical advice, Anastasia can't continue. It's going to be seen as being massively unfair to Melvin. Should we talk about Melvin? Yeah, let's talk about <laughs> Melvin. Okay. I think it was really rough for Melvin. Yeah, I mean... Go like that. It. He didn't get a chance to fight his corner, did he? They couldn't... They couldn't send Anastasia out at that point, having revealed no. the nature of her injury. And it's such a shame because Melvin's dance wasn't bad, but as we say, it just didn't gel in the way that we would have normally expected it to. I think um, he would have had much more of a chance if he'd have done his week one dance in the dance-off, if, you know, hypothetically there would have been a dance-off. Yeah, I think they could have had a better way of resolving it where no one leaves and maybe next week two people leave. Maybe. That's right. That's right. MasterChef, yeah. isn't it? They've done that on MasterChef before when they haven't been able to get rid of somebody. They've sent them all through and then, then lost Did two the following week. Um, well, it used to be in the olden days that we didn't have a dance-off on Strictly. We used to just resolve it on the public vote. Yep. Mm. And maybe the events of this weekend show us that the one-hour-long sunday results show other than being something to put on on a sunday night to make people maybe not watch the start of x factor the purpose of the sunday results show is unclear there is an awful lot of it that is filler yeah the dancers and, the, and yeah. performances like there's an awful 40 lot... minutes worth of it yeah you yeah. could you could do it in 30 seconds if you weren't going to do the dance off you could do you it could. between the lottery numbers and the news <laughs> It's I really like the show dance. I would do a show dance, a professional dance every Sunday. I do enjoy that aspect. Yeah, I do. See, I, I didn't understand that this week. It seemed like they were trying to be Roxanne, only they weren't. I, it was supposed to be another Romeo, Romeo and Juliet. Juliet. I enjoyed it this week. I thought, I think Oksana's going to be really fun to watch. Yeah, it was Romeo and Juliet, yeah. and that's why Oksana was dead at the end. I think uh... um, they need to get... Um, they need to... I've thought this for quite a while on Strictly now that for the you know the sort of guest singers performers that they get on the on the Sunday night shows they need to get some better ones. I know it's just whoever happens to be promoting something, but, but it's, it's not... always the case. It's like I'm not interested. I always fast forward through the guest performers on yeah. Strictly. The 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 demography of it is all wrong. The sa- the Sunday night results show pop slot on Strictly, if you will is the last primetime pop music promotion slot on the BBC. Now we don't have Top of the Pops or anything like that. Um, there, is, there is nowhere else on TV where a primetime audience can really be invited to watch you plug your single. And it is bonkers that they're giving it to heritage acts off the Radio 2B list. Especially acts like tonight. I don't get it. I don't get the need for it to be there. No, but then sometimes, then sometimes it can be good. You know, we've had some great performers on there, done some wonderful songs, had some great professional dancers dancing to it. It's it to me. It seems like it's either really, really good or really, really bad. There seems to be no middle ground with it. Dawn. See, I I really want Sia to come on. I want to see what they do with that. Yes. That would be amazing. That would be fantastic. Yeah. I feel like Sia is more likely to do Graham Norton, though. Yeah, but I feel like that's the problem. They're not choosing who they have. It's whoever yeah. whoever deems to appear and happen 
by chance to be promoting and wants to hit that audience. They're not, they, they don't seem to be going out seeking these people. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> but <that> I was, <laughs> our, our beef continues with the Sunday Night Results show. Does anybody have any further comments on the format of the Sunday Night Results show? I think we know for a fact, I would, I'd at least be able to put money on the fact that at some point Michael Bublé is going to appear on it. Christmas is coming. Yep. He's out of hibernation. Yeah, he's got to come around and do all his Christmas songs, isn't he? Is he touring at the moment? What's he up to? <laughs> Where is he? Only, Where is he in the world? The only bit on the Sunday night show, which I know is really corny, but I love it, is lens lens yeah yes <laughs> and do you know why that's, that's because my it's, favorite bit of the whole sunday night it's actual well 50 percent of it is actual technical dance content and the other 50 percent of it is the kind of stuff that we point and laugh at when we're all watching together <laughs> yes. for me the shrieking while doing the charleston was it that that reconfirmed the point that you made earlier ellie about the the fact that she's the she is us doing that show well, if we were running around doing that Charleston, we'd have been squeaking and shrieking as well because it's just so funny. And so it's so lovely to see it brought out. Exactly. Okay, so I don't think there's much more we can say about the results show. The result is the result we got. We'll have to see how the story develops. And I think I'm going to be doing a mini pod um, going back and talking to Ewan about production techniques like we did in the one of the preview podcasts. But until then... So it's time to hand out all of our awards. First of all, let's have everybody's nominations for Dance of the Week. Emily. I really rather suppose that I'm going to be going for Danny and Oti. Okay. It's, it's an obvious choice, but I loved it. I mean, it was really good. Michelle? Yeah. My favourite is Laura and Giovanni. Yay. Lisa? My Dance of the Week, because it surprised me so much, and... I cannot believe I'm saying this. My dance of the week is Ed and Katia. Woo! <laughs> Dawn? My favourite is Judge Rinder and Oksana. Uh, I'm going to go for uh, Danny and Oti as well, just because I can see myself in coming months trying to recreate that move and falling over quite a lot. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, thanks Oti. <laughs> So now we're moving on to our other award. Uh, Naga wins Naga's Dress of the Week with Naga's Dress and Naga's Wig. Yeah. Uh, so let's have our other nominations for any other dresses of the week. Uh, let's start the other way around. Dawn. Laura's. I loved it. I love the ombre style and I love the flow of it. Michelle. Tamika's play suit was amazing and by far my favourite. Emily. I really liked um, Oksana's prom dress. And hair, obviously, as I've already mentioned. Um, but again, um, I'm going to have to go for Oti's dress because it's one of those that if I ever have cause to wear a ball gown, that's what I want. Yes. My favourite was the dress that Louise was supposed to be wearing. So the beautiful uh, embroidered organza overlay full prom skirt and the beautiful sort of peachy beige sequined bodice that's underneath the hideous strapping so that's my dress of the week well thank you for all your nominations uh, i feel we can't give it to a dress that doesn't actually exist only in 
Ellie's mind, it's, because it's hidden behind layers of awful, hideous fringing. Um, I think that this week's this is this is. I'm definitely claiming that I have overarching, you know, say on this. Um, I'm head judge on on dress of the week. I am going with Michelle's suggestion. I think the podcast dress of the week this week goes to Tamika and her fabulous little play suit. Well deserved. Well deserved. <laughs> So next week, it's movies week. I'm not going to ask if we're all looking forward to a theme week because I know we're just going to grit our teeth and get on with it. We've got the prospect of Judge Rinder as a Flintstone and that's going to keep me going all week. And somebody's as Mary Poppins. Yeah, Daisy is. Daisy's Mary Poppins, right? I think that's Ed Balls, isn't it? Oh my. (laughs) Catches Mary Poppins and... He's Bert. Ed is Dick Van Dyke. Yeah. Okay, so we'll wrap oh, up. I love movie week. We'll wrap up there. So let's all say... Good night from me, Lisa. Good night from me, Emily. Good night from Michelle. And good night from Dawn. And good night from Ellie. You were listening to episode seven of the Keep Dancing podcast. Join us next week as we have another movie week. If you want to get in touch with us and tell us why we should love the Charleston, or if you've got any questions for our Strictly team, you can email us at keepdancingpodcast at gmail.com. We're also on Twitter as at keepdancingpod, and we've got a Facebook page that you can find by searching for the Keep Dancing Podcast. Please join us in the comments. We're also on Tumblr at keepdancingpodcast.tumblr.com. Thanks for listening. Keep dancing. <laughs>